0: The first president of the United States was George Washington. And I think you can't understand the idea of the presidency without understanding that they created it and they already knew who was gonna have it. You know, it's like when someone writes their own job description because they like know that they're gonna get the job. There's an extent to which all the founding fathers did that. And that's something that we tell people all the time. But it's a weird thing. Like, what does it mean that there was a guy? Who everybody just knew, like why would there be one guy that everybody just knew was going to be president? Well, there's a couple of factors. One is basically, and this is where you can look outside the United States for examples too. When you have fight a revolutionary war, the most normal person to become the president after the war is the general who was the leader of the resistance, right? And George Washington became the general because he was one of the only Americans with any military experience in an officer level. He like joined the military when he was pretty young and he, he fought in the French and Indian War. He was extremely unsuccessful. Um, he, he led his first command out and everyone around him was shot and killed and he somehow survived. And I think part of the story of George Washington is a man who is weirdly lucky And in fact, the main way that he was lucky was that a lot of people died who needed to die for him to get what he wanted, which is to say he was not um, the first in line to get the inheritance. Um, It it required not only like um, it required a bunch of people who were supposed to inherit it to die at like the right moment. And they did. And then he ends up marrying the wealthiest widow um, in America um, Martha Custis, and he so he inherits all of this money and slaves. And when he showed up for the Continental Congress, he showed up wearing his old military uniform, which is a sort of a strange thing to do, right? Everyone else showed up wearing like, I don't know, powdered wigs, whatever people were wearing, at that kind of thing. And this guy shows up like wearing it. And it's like, it's a good lesson for dress for the job that you want to have, which is the general of the Revolutionary War. Other thing to know about George Washington is that he was just obsessed with people thinking that he was a great man. And like the stories of him are so about him being really humble like saying, I don't think I deserve to be the general and I don't deserve to be the president. But that was like a carefully studied thing. You have, There's these copies of these books where when he was growing up, he had this book of like etiquette of gentlemen and he would copy it out by hand over and over and over again. And a lot of it was about like, how do you stand? How do you hold your hands? How do you like... Um, Respond when someone asks you a question all of these things so to some extent this guy was studying for his entire life to be The father of the country also he was like six foot two which was crazy at the time it made him seem like a giant and that Often makes people think that you're more important than you are so after the war Alexander Hamilton and others thought, let's make the president basically a king and we'll trust that that'll be fine because it's going to be George Washington and he's like really upstanding dude. But um, much of what Washington should be praised for as president is the fact that he actually didn't become a king, that he figured out how to shape this new office that was sort of like a king. And remember, they're coming in after this Articles of Confederation period. It wasn't like the war ended and then he became president. The war ended and then there was this like cluster of a period where everyone like was fighting between the states and everything. And Washington is not involved in politics during that time. So he kind of comes out of retirement to to do this. And I think he just kind of set the tone for what it meant to be president, which was that he tried to, um, he tried to stay out of, like day to day politics. That was like the tone, but it was very hard because inside of his own cabinet, as anyone who's seen Hamilton knows, there was battles going on between what would eventually be the first two political parties. And uh, I guess we could talk all about how Washington gets pulled into that, but I think it's more interesting to just look at where does he leave it because he chooses to step down after two terms, which is not in the Constitution. And in fact, was shocking to many people that he decided to do that. Um, And then he gives this final speech, the farewell address. And in the farewell address, he gives two warnings. One is don't create political parties. That's going to be a disaster. And the other one is don't get involved in any sort of foreign uh, wars or even really involved in foreign affairs. He says, like, be friends with everybody. Don't get involved. Both of those things fall apart within like four years of him leaving office, right um, and you maybe he I mean even while he's in office there's this there's these crazy things happening. there's this thing called the XYZ affair where basically the French Revolution is happening and some people want to side with the French because they, they have just overthrown a king and they like have this connection to, the French who fought on their side in the Revolutionary War, but other people are like, this is a dangerous thing that's going to get out of control. And especially if you view Washington and these other men as part of really the ruling white male class of America, you know, they have a lot more in common with the people whose heads are getting cut off than the people who are doing the cutting. And so Washington basically ends up staying neutral and in so doing kind of siding with the British between the French and and the British. And, um, And there's this whole period where the French are basically sending in agents to talk to the people of America. Like they won't, like before meeting with Washington, they go out and it's this guy named Citizen Genet. And of course, citizen is like the equivalent of communist person being called comrade. Like everyone in the French Revolution is a citizen. And they're out there speaking to crowds and basically like saying like, you're going to join this revolution, like condemn your... Your rulers don't listen to them, and it's like the scary feeling of a real social revolution. And Washington is enraged by that, and you can see if you see him as this guy who grew up like copying down the rules of aristocrats, how it would be like particularly frightening to him. Um, and the fight within America over which leads to uh, you know his secretary of state being burned in effigy because he signed a treaty with Britain. Like the fight within America at that time was intense. This is a post-revolutionary period, which in most countries is a very chaotic period. And, it, and as in many other countries, it's held together by the fact that at the core of it was a leader who people across the spectrum had respect for and were very lucky that one, he chose to step down and also two, that his sperm did not work. He was completely sterile. And so he never had any kids which meant that we have not, not had any question of like, will the next George Washington come up? And I think we can see that there are situations in which having political families is valuable, but the idea that the first political family ends with the guy who was there, I think is important. And why did he decide to step down over, after two terms? I think he felt that it was important to set that precedent. I also think he was old and tired, and he died uh, within a few years of, of stepping down. Um, and I, you could also say I think he saw that it was, it was maybe it was a good time to check out. The fathers let George Washington be the first president. Didn't they want to be the president? Um, they uh, many of them thought that they would be the second, third, fourth presidents, and they were, you know. Um, but wouldn't they want to be the first? Just no. I think they felt they felt safe. I think they all really did trust him, um, and his integrity was seen as. Like beyond reproach. There's some to some extent. There's no president that we've had since then who, while they were in office, was seen as sort of above it and like godlike. You know, like now we talk about Lincoln that way, um, and occasionally we'll talk about someone like FDR or even some people will talk about Ronald Reagan as this like figure like that. But when they were in office, all these other presidents have never had that trust. You know, when when Washington was reelected, he was reelected unanimously. Um, so I think that's a testament to how people, he, people felt about him and in part to him kind of taking a back seat. And then did they add to the Constitution that you served two terms? Not for a few hundred years because nobody broke that tradition until Franklin Roosevelt. Everyone felt that if you broke that tradition, you'd be saying that you were better than George Washington and how dare you say that.